it is I, Reen Savinci again, the catalyst for this strange and dangerous adventure. After the heroes returned from the first foray into the ruins of Gauntlight, Samal sought healing from Vandy Banderdash, and the group agreed to meet me at night so I could read the stars. Samal arriving first, we came to an understanding, and our relationship, our friendship, grew a new blossom. As the others arrived, the cosmic caravan saw fit to provide me with the effects of the augury spell, revealing that entering the lighthouse at night would lead to great danger. Returning to Fogfan to see the strange glow at night for themselves, the heroes stayed the night in the outbuilding, and returning to the rest of the ruin in the morning, they find a half-eaten frog in the southwestern side. Entering an old watchtower, the party engaged with two giant flies, Samar taking a massive hit going down hard, but is revived by Fizik. Tulak destroys the first fly with his magic missiles, and Fizik falls as well, but is swiftly avenged by Samal as he cuts the head from the final fly. Gentlemen, we have found ourselves at episode six, the sixthest episode of all. And I just want to know <laughs> the most pressing philosophical quandary of our times. Would you rather fight a hundred duck sized horses or one horse sized duck? <laughs> Come on, I man. can't believe this is still a question. Didn't Pliny the Younger there's, there's a clear posit this one? Yeah. <laughs> it's so easy. Okay, so two of you think this is really easy. Uh, Scottrick, let's go. Yeah, okay. I'll, I will kick this one off. It's clearly the hundred duck-sized horses. Absolutely. If you think about a horse's attack, it's going to be either a backwards kick or a chomp. And you can be the one kicking in this scenario. Yeah. A fucking horse-sized duck would be horrifying. <laughs> the size of that beak? I am not interested in fighting anything that's the size of a horse or bigger. Agreed. Well, like, completely agreed. It's like, you might as well have a Canada goose, literally nature's asshole, 
uh, who, who, you know, and they're like, what, uh, as high as your knee? And they, they'll fuck you up. Like that, no, no question, no question. So imagine one of those the size of a horse. Like, no way, oh, yeah? no way. Ducks are assholes too, as far as I know. James, no, you guys are completely wrong. <laughs> you're, you're completely wrong. Yes. How? <laughs> well, uh, okay. First of all, as somebody who's been attacked and bitten by several Canadian geese, it doesn't hurt. It just it it doesn't really feel like anything, because the <laughs> the, the, the 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 duck bills aren't piercing bills. They're just Clamping bills. So one versus a hundred, and horses can bite and kick and pee. Like <laughs> I would just like it. it the, the action economy doesn't add up. You're gonna get swarmed. Like when's the last time you fought a swarm of bees and won? Like never, absolutely well, never. Well, but could you kill a horse by yourself? Yeah, you could. <laughs> There's a very important question here: is if if you have if you have uh, a horse the size of a duck, does it run at the same speed as a horse? Or does it run at the same speed as a duck? It would scale. Okay. Well, then I would, I would, I would still stick with the hundred uh, duck-sized horses and just run. I'm breezily be sure I can one giant run a duck, duck is going to be way easier to kill than a hundred <laughs> tiny horses. I don't know, man. I'm a little husky, and I could get to stomping on them pretty good. The stamina on them. You could just jump on the duck's back and snap its neck. Not that you I just uppercut a duck and kill it. Not that I'm here for equestrian murder. I'm just saying. <laughs> Equestricide, I believe. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> That term that we're all familiar with. Yes, in our day oh, our yes, yes, yes. The very. Ah, uh, yes, it was on the tip of my tongue. And sobering. No, you never, you side. never ever choose the swarm. That's such bad odds. Look at zombies; they're super easy to kill, but you never choose multiple zombies. You never choose the swarm. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's a bad idea. You're gonna get swarmed. It's right there in the noun. Unless they're horse-sized zombies. I used to teach kids kickboxing and wrestling class when I was in my early 20s and uh the best time of the class was free mats at the end when we would basically just tell them to come at us and uh <laughs> right we but just that's be- not a hundred that's true that's and true remember ducks have hollow bones you could just kick it in the throat hard enough to crack its hollow spine <laughs> <laughs> ah oh, God. avian bones Oh, the old avian bones, man. The old like, avian bone tactic. It's not. You gotta. You gotta. Does it matter the size? Aspect. The fragility still persists. Yeah. <laughs> and to that point, it would be, yeah, they're hollow. It's a little bit weird to be having like a whole bunch of horse meat in your freezer. You could be having duck pancakes for the rest of your life <laughs> off that one duck-sized horse, horse-sized duck. Yeah. Imagine oh, the confit. Man. Imagine the confit. You didn't think of the confit for a second, did you? <laughs> I, you know what? I love eating duck, and so I'm sad I missed the confit moment. Confit is uh, French, by the way, listeners. Just, just in case you were wondering. What's it French for, Freeman? Ah, fuck if I know. <laughs> Slow cook. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why chefs. I have to answer questions. <laughs> Shit like that. Yeah. They get real annoyed. They roll their eyes. Why don't you know my menu? <laughs> I don't speak French. Shut up and tell me what it is. <laughs> it's cooked in its own fat. So there you would render out duck fat and then cook the duck legs <laughs> in the duck fat. Uh, I'll never forget. I got a little side story. I got a little side story. I'll never forget when I when I first worked in a restaurant with James. And uh, 
we had a special on the board. I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. And on the board, someone had written the ingredients that, you know, James had written down for us to copy to the chalkboard. And uh, one of the ingredients was, I believe it was called Yemis Curatus and something like that. So I turned, I turned to the sous chef uh, at the time, Kevin, and, and I was like, what, what, what is that? And he's like, uh, I'm not, actually not really sure. I was like, you don't even know what it is? He's like, what, what the hell is Yemis Curatus? Like, can we just, like, it's clearly another language. Like, what, but everyone's going to ask a thousand questions about it. Why, why are we writing it down that way? And then I just hear in the back hallway, James, it's cured egg yolk. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, it's shit. called that because it's a specific type of curing method. <laughs> like it's not just regular cured; it's buried in salt, like oh, bacon. God. It's yeah. it, it. The method doesn't. <laughs> it's called Yemis curatus because it doesn't refer to the final product; it refers to the method to get to the final product, yeah. which is a lot of the problem with culinary. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, it was a hilarious moment. I'll never forget it because I could t- I could hear the annoyance in your voice because I was like. The saying yemis curatus for like that's just gonna make my job so much harder having to explain it's a cured egg yolk and then explain what a cured egg yolk is on top of that which which ended up happening by the way could you (laughs) yemis could you yemis curatus a horse-sized duck's egg (laughs) yeah it would take yes you could six days seven days but yeah you could yeah so it's buried in salt and then it's rinsed and then it's hung they're really good They're, they're they're almost like um they have the same general texture as fuzzy peaches, but you can grate them on like a micro. Yeah, right. Yeah, I remember. I remember like watching you guys grate this egg yolk. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. So imagine yeah, like, really cool. like cheesing your carbonara with with more egg yolk. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, lingui- linguistic differences aside, I have no problem with the fact that it's another language, you know, in case anyone's wondering that. It was just like I knew right away I'm going to have to explain this to people on a busy Friday night. And that's just uh, what a pointless step. <laughs> but it, holy shit, was it, it cool. You, the way you're thinking about it, it absolutely is. Mm. But the way I thought about it was <laughs> maybe if they don't know, they're just not going to ask like most people. <laughs> too afraid to seem oh, like God. an idiot. Yeah. And we can just <laughs> right. Yeah. Says the back of house guy. Yeah, right. (laughs) So I think what we're saying is the philosophical debate continues. Well, speaking of uh, pouring salt and curing things, um, we're going down. Physic is down. (laughs) Yeah, not oversized animals. You could have gone with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, (laughs) No, I I figured I'd stick with my terrible segues. Um, Because what choice do I have, really? Uh, we're back. We're back in the game world, and and physics has, has gone down. It's the second. This is the first time someone's gone down for the second time. Holy shit! Uh, and uh, things are not looking great. What do you guys want to do? <laughs> I believe Samal had withdrawn the potion and was about to administer. Oh, yes. Yeah. Administer is the kind word to say it. Uh, <laughs> Toss in so face. He'll, he'll, yeah, I don't. Are, are these? Um, I guess I've never been clear on this. Healing potions in this world are 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 drank, right? Yes, yes. They, um, okay, so yeah, he'll must be ingested. Pour it gently into physics mouth, and then gently rub his throat to ensure he swallows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So intimate. <laughs> Yeah, this is getting spicy. Uh, I've got a five. <laughs> it sounds that way, but it's not. 
Sorry, that will be a, uh, a five on the elixir of life from physics, so he is no longer unconscious. Um, nice. Yeah, no, he will wake up and go, so, oh, Mr. Belvedere. No, he'll actually, he'll wake up. <laughs> he'll wake up uh, very, very confused and just kind of like, not sure what's happening, but crawl to his feet, see the dead flies surrounded by his new, let's call them friends, and um, say, are everybody okay? Not even a little bit. Uh, I am a little bit hurt, but mostly unscathed. Okay. You seem to have dealt with the issue. Um, yeah, Physic will see... Physic uh, will see some all over there and probably go ahead and attempt a uh, heal wounds on him real quick, because that always That'd works be so well. I'm, I'm <laughs> at 5 HP. Yikes. So, oh my god, with a crafting instead of his medicine, which is better than his medicine, he rolls a 13, which fails. Oh my god. (laughs) Not again. (laughs) I think Samal's starting to think you want him to die. Uh, (laughs) Physics starting to doubt his own motivations. (laughs) Do me now, do me now. (laughs) This is going to be embarrassing for everyone. Why bother? It's just going to be a crit. It was a 22. That's oh, just man. a regular success. That's only 2d8, but... Oh, yeah. I'm sure you couldn't use anything like that. All for Samal, who's down a couple HP, and just got nine back. I'm too locked, and yes, I needed five of those. I, I was just right. unconscious. He's, he's still getting his bearings. He's rattled. Uh, so Samal's going to move back into the outer room and just kind of sit against this corner of the wall. Uh, and break out his repair kit and take 10 minutes. While he's doing that, Tulok is just going to kind of kick at this pile and just inspect to see if there's anything just in this pile of uh, corpses. Okay. Um, yeah, you don't, uh, you don't see anything in the room other than the corpses, really. Uh, you could... Maybe try and climb to the trapdoor above, um, but it's a pretty daunting climb check, to be honest. Um, and you don't really, you can't tell from here if there's anything of value up top other than a um, vantage point, I guess. Okay, uh, I'd like to detect magic as well. Uh, yeah, still nothing. And I rolled a 13 on my crafting check, which I believe you said the DC at 15 last episode. Is that right? That is correct. All right. So he does not heal his shield back up, and he just straps it to his back, just sits in the corner for a minute, just just frustrated with everything. Oh, yeah. Again, he's he's kind of brooding at this point. Like he just it, it doesn't he doesn't feel like he can catch a break. Uh, so Sage Tulak is walking towards Samal, but on his way over, kind of gently puts his hand on the shoulder of uh, Physic and says, Physic, my friend, uh, how are you feeling right now? You took a hard hit there. I don't think any of us are doing great, but, you know, we'll have to get through. Tulak pulls a healing potion out of his bandolier and hands it to Samal. 
he looks grateful, but he pulls the one out of his bandolier and drinks it instead. Um, <laughs> not not out of like animosity to Sage Tulak, but more like it's going to be easier when I go down again for you to reach the one on your person instead of the one on my person. Yeah, I might actually make you roll the one d two next time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sage looks down at him, nods, and says, Small, did you have a grappling hook in your backpack? He reaches back and uh, pulls the grappling hook out of his pack, yeah. And um, Tulak takes it and heads back into the room. Okay. Physic's going to down another elixir of life because he is not looking too hot. Six more HP. You could treat wounds on yourself too. Oh, mm-hmm. heal thyself, eh? Can yes. I? Uh, you can patch I, yourself up. Can backtrack that a little bit and try that first. Sure. I'm gonna feel so bad if <laughs> Samal's the only one this never works on. <laughs> <laughs> He's doomed to die. <laughs> no, I got an eight, so I guess it's just Sage that's getting this. Oh, man. Yeah, that would have been a two on the die. That's what you want. Oh, man. That's close as if natural one, it would have been automatic critical failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would have hurt yourself. <laughs> yep, and I got all kinds of room to do that. Oh, man. Uh, all right, Sage, what are you, what are you, what are you getting up to? Sage walks into the room with the grappling hook uh, in his hand and is going to attempt to throw it up into the trapdoor. Okay. Uh, that is a, a secret attack roll, isn't it? Yes, sir. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, sorry, should I be rolling a... Oh, you're not rolling. Okay. You... Um... You give it your the old college try. Give it a little, little lasso swing and throw it up and catch it right in the perfect spot of the that open portion of the trapdoor above. Give it a yank, and it seems real sturdy. All right. So metagaming that either means that I nailed it or I'm about to fall as I go after <laughs> this rope. Go so secret checks. Um, yeah, he's going to put all his weight on it, check to see if it is good to go, and then if it is, he is going to attempt to climb, and he's just going to say, I'm just going to uh, take a quick look up here. I wonder why these bugs were coming from above. Please, uh, watch my back. Samal spits out a mouthful of blood, and from like his seated position around the corner, is just, are you sure you should be taking point, lad? You rest for a moment. If there's any issues, I'll come straight back down. Uh, quick point of order, too. Uh, there is a bit of a... Like, how easy it is to climb kind of depends on the situation, of course, and, and yes. your level of proficiency. Um, you are not trained in athletics, are you? I am not. This trapdoor is very much in the center of the room, or the center of the roof. So it's a straight climb up the rope. It's... It's likely beyond your capabilities. It's a you've, you're pretty sure you've nailed the the landing on the grappling hook, but it's a tough climb. 
without okay. having like swinging back and forth across the room to use the uh, walls, but that's that's really precarious. Redact everything I just said. He, he uh, well, you know, Samal would be a good client. Yeah, that's all I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. So when Samal says that, you know, Samal, perhaps I shouldn't be going point on this. I'm. I must confess, I'm not much of a climber. Um, maybe once you're feeling better, you can take point. That being said, I don't know how sturdy I've put this grappling hook up here, but it does feel feel strong. Small lets out a sigh and a long breath and stands up. He's feeling a little bit better. Huh? And then makes his way into the room. <laughs> Gives the rope a hard tug, all of his weight behind it, to make sure it's stuck there. It's stuck real good. And then he starts climbing. Roaming athletics. Sage Tulak would like to stand underneath to break his fall if he falls. Okay. And this is where Physic's going to drink that elixir that he didn't drink before. And that's 6 HP back. Nice. Uh, and I rolled you a secret athletics check there, Freeman. Okay. Uh, and um, I don't know if it's supposed to be secret or not, but I, I don't. Did. Yeah, I can't remember if it's secret or not. I don't think. I don't think climbing is. I think you would know how well he's doing at climbing. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, you um, given the the rope and the sturdiness and everything, um, you uh, you are feeling pretty weary, but you are managing to to make your way up. Um, However, you only really get about five feet with that initial roll. And we're talking about 30 feet up. And this is the nitty-gritty of, of Pathfinder and things like climb and swim checks. You got to go bits at a time. All right, he'll keep going. That's a 19 on the second one. Uh, 19, yeah, another five feet. I can only imagine the fall gets more precipitous as you go in terms of how bad it is. <laughs> yep. Falling less than five feet isn't going to hurt anybody. So uh, 14 on the next one. Another five. That's 15 feet. 26. Oh, that's a critical success. Uh, Better which, be. It's a 19 uh, on the die. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which I believe gives you, uh, basically it makes you go uh, double the amount, I'm pretty sure. So 10 feet, okay. 25. And a 19. And you make it to the top. And I'll just hand wave the fact that you're getting through the, tra- uh, the trap door and you crawl out onto this very precarious, sodden roof. And you get, uh, I'm just going to move you, you get a good view of... Um, the water uh, over to the west and you also see a busted and broken down sort of boathouse and pier and you see an island to the north with a bridge uh, that is also leads towards it um, and uh, it's busted up pier on, on the island and the, the mainland proper and uh, there seems to be even more to this ruin than, than you would have suspected. And even you, in the daytime, at this vantage point, can see the shimmering blue light at the top of the lighthouse. Uh, do I need to athletics my way down the rope? Nah. 
Alright, so he, uh... Roll a fortitude for rope burn as you slide down the rope. <laughs> he, uh, slides down the rope pretty easily. And, uh, conveys all this to Physic and Tulak that there's an island, a broken pier, a shattered boathouse just up the way, and that the blue light doesn't disappear with the daylight, it just kind of fades. Hmm. Interesting. It makes me question the reading we had from Ren. If the light is there during the day, what advantage could we have during the day as well? Didn't she just say it was bad to go at night? Yeah, she said it was bad to go at night. So does that mean it's good to go during the day? I don't see in the dark, Tulak. Yes, so mayhaps the day is the best time to go. But don't you worry. I have a way to make you see in the dark. To provide you with light. He just just lights your hair on fire. You wish, Barn. (laughs) Alright. So they make their way back into the main room, I guess? Sure. Into the dead frog room? Well, there's a door to the north. The broken stairway and a hole, and then this, where Samal would have told you leads to the like the shattered wall of the boathouse. I don't think I was clear before uh, with the the hole. It's it's like in the ceiling. You can't really get to it. Uh, it's not like a hole in the wall or some secret entrance or anything like that. This I think the description was kind of vague on that, but yeah, it's just like a sodden hole in the uh, in moss covered hole in the ceiling where all the the everything has collapsed down and made this room full of rubble and difficult terrain. Okay. And Samal will pull out his uh, grappling hook and his rope. Shall we head north then? Still a little beat up, but not seeing many other option. Samal spits blood and slings his shield on his back. How How is Samal looking? Like, is he... Down a lot still. Uh, he's he's bloodied. Yeah, I'm I'm at half HP and my shield is broken. So like I am, <laughs> I am damn near the worst condition I've ever been in this adventure. So that's saying a lot. <laughs> Tulak will offer Small again the healing potion from his bandolier. You may need this more than me right now. I, I, I. I, James, as a player, appreciate what you're doing, and I want to take it. <laughs> My concern is that when Freeman hits me, he only crits me. So, like, <laughs> it just feels like it's going to be a waste of that healer potion. That's, uh... I, I wish I was joking. <laughs> like, the spider crit me, this fly crit me, and then they both just regular hit me. So, the next combat we enter, mathematically, the first strike against me is going to be a crit. <laughs> At least one mitflick crit you, I think, as well, at some point. I, yeah, I could be wrong. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, the first strike against me in every combat we've been into, or so it feels, has been a critical hit. <laughs> uh, so, like, that's why I'm loath to, to, to use up that resource. It's not that I don't want it. It's just, mathematically, Samal's going to get crit again. But, some, what, but would down. Samal take it? That's the important thing. He's feeling like shit. He could use it. Uh, yeah, he'd probably take it. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> okay, I'll take it from you. <laughs> That's what's important. Tulak doesn't know what a crit is, so he holds it like you know to your chest until you yeah. take it. <laughs> yeah. 
Alright. What is that? 1d8? Yep. Max, that's alright. Nice. Alright. Uh, and he is going to... He's going to insist that they take another 10 minutes. While he tries to repair his shield again. Now that he's kind of got his wherewithal back, his senses back, he can kind of see straight again now that he's not at 5 HP. Uh, he's going to take insist that they take another 10 minutes while he, he breaks out his little tiny anvil on his hammer and tries to hammer out some of these dents in his shield. Oh, yikes. That is a 9 on the die, so... No shield for us all. Uh, so he um, keeps following you. Yeah, little okay. known fact, well, listener, that the abomination faults of Venture Path comes with loaded dice. <laughs> yeah, and hates James. I'm just, I'm just joking, Pezzo. Don't be mad at this. Um, it's more of a more of a foundry thing because a foundry's got you know we're rolling in foundry and it's got an algorithm built in. Yeah. Um, the algorithm sucks. Mm. Yeah. While James, I er, one natural twenty. Well, I, there's some, a. The, it's a known. It's a known commonly used algorithm, and I can say I watched a video a little while ago that that talks about the, the algorithm specifically being used, and it's actually unless you're one hundred percent guaranteed that your die is fully balanced, this algorithm is technically more random. Uh, but if you have a properly balanced die, it, it's definitely more random. But it's actually a. For a for a cheap slash free algorithm, it's extremely good. But a true random number generator is unbelievable amount of cost. To, oh, you you can't use. conceivably oh, make and have the rights to. Yeah, near truly random ones exist, but they're not like, as far as I know, not completely true, but very close kind of thing. Um, but they cost a lot of money. <laughs> so, in any case, while Samal is packing up his small anvil and hammer uh, Tulak would like to listen at the door as well as detect magic okay um, and you have a listen and it's very very quiet and detect magic do you detect magic it's a good question that's a yes I think it's a yes I actually oddly enough don't know but I think it's a yes. Well, that's perplexing. There's something. There is definitely something. I just not. I'm actually not sure if it's magical uh, by nature off the top of my head. Well, he um, did roll a twenty on his perception, so maybe he just hears something. Uh, he doesn't hear anything. That's for sure. This is as far as I can. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I'm not sure, but I think I'm gonna go with yes. And we'll, we'll, maybe we'll talk about it after. But. Okay, so Tulak would like to drop into kind of a more stealthy position, and he turns to his allies and says, I believe there's something magic behind this door. Samal, please lead the way, but be wary. Samal is going to put his axe back in the loop, step up, and draw the trident. Ooh, he's got the trident. And uh, open the door. Very nice. And you crack the door. And this one actually kind of stays on its hinges, oddly enough. You step into a room where the collapsed ceiling is at the the center of the room. And it's left a ragged hole in the roof. There are rotten tapestries and their designs uh, all over the room are, are totally obscured by mold and hanging tatters. 
along all of the walls and in between arrow slits. And there are ruined side tables all over the place as well. In the center remains a fancy dining table that is pulverized by the ceiling that has fallen. But that's it. It's a room destroyed and rotten. I may not be used to your architecture, but I can't imagine building a room with this many window slits and then filling it with such beautiful tapestries. I think this may have been a converted dining room as opposed to the original purpose, which would have been defense. And he steps a little further into the room. And by the way, I've managed to correct myself. You definitely detect magic. Okay. Um, Tulak follows, avoiding notice. Uh, Physic will also follow, avoiding notice. Is there any kind of recall knowledge you could do on the tapestries? Perhaps. But as you venture forward... Oh, great. (laughs) Samal steps into the rubble in the center of the room. And as he does, a howl of multiple voices can be heard. In fact, it's a venerable vortex of howls and screams as ghostly kobolds rise from the center of the rubble by the dining table and shriek out, echoing across all of the walls and the ceiling, what's left of it, and ring through all of your ears. And we're going to roll for initiative. But I need everyone to roll me a will save first. Oh my god. Ooh, boy. I'm very bad at those. I'm an expert. (laughs) Ooh, critical 25, baby. Oh, very nice. Oh, net one. That's oh, very not, not nice at all. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. It's a 17 on the dive for a 20 for some all. Okay. Uh, uh, two for luck. the listeners, Duncan is rubbing his face in nervousness. <laughs> I, I, think he, I think he's rubbing away tears, actually. <laughs> Anticipation. Shame, dread, and tears. It's it's all of those. <laughs> they stack. Yeah, they stack. <laughs> Those are stacking penalties and or bonuses. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, goodness. All right. Seishulak, critical success. You are unaffected and you are temporarily immune to what effect is about to happen to the rest of your party for 24 hours. You are golden. Samal, success. However, you are still frightened one as this happens. Uh... Yeah, okay. Uh, frightened essentially gives you a minus one to pretty much everything, but um, for each value, uh, I think it's um, uh, for every uh, turn that you finish, it drops by one. So you will spend the rest of your next turn fighting one for sure. And Physic, uh, I'm so very sorry to say <laughs> you critically failed. Frightened seven somehow. Frightened seven? Really that frightened. was the joke. I didn't get it. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm starting to say you're not just frightened three, but you're also confused for two rounds. Uh, confused means you are flat-footed, and uh, you don't treat anyone as your ally. You cannot delay, ready, or use reactions at all. Uh, you you can only use all of your strikes or all of your actions to strike or cast offensive cantrips and uh, otherwise uh, different things to like you know facilitate an attack you can, you're allowed to draw a weapon and that sort of thing but otherwise each time you take damage you can attempt a DC 11 flat check to end this condition okay but that's it well that's awesome that's why I walked into this <laughs> that's room. brutal isn't it though <laughs> oh my god this is We're called gonna die this is a reaction of this of this uh, event called confusing confrontation and uh, I need everyone's initiative now. What do we got? Physic. What do you got? Four. Oh. <laughs> There's a three on the so deck. Actually, that's good for us. Day. Yeah. This is having the worst day of his Please life. Please fix this before I have to do anything. <laughs> Small. Uh, that is a 14 total. Okay. A 10 on the die. Two luck. Stupid frightened condition. <laughs> 22. <laughs> Oh, very nice, very nice. Rolling with stealth, I assume that's okay, as I was stealth. Uh, assuming you said so, I don't recall, but uh, yes, sir. I trust you? Minus one. Oh, he was avoiding notice. Um, all right, Tulak, you're up. You're first to go. A, a, a vortex of cobalt ghosts have risen up from the, this center rubble and are screaming and howling. What do you do? It's one vortex, not vortices, right? <laughs> um, shut up. What do you got, Tulak? <laughs> so there's just cobalt ghosts spinning around? Yeah, they've just like spun around and then the, now they're like just screaming and hollering and yeah, it's it's a quite the scene. Oh man. Um I really don't know what to do here. I'll tell you what. This sort of thing will happen every so often, and again, new thing for the system. I will accept a, a recall knowledge check of some kind. Um, uh, I will accept a religion recall knowledge check, if you like. If I were to guess, Scott, I would say that this is a haunt. Yeah, I was thinking haunt to too, but I was. I'll take yeah. religion or society. Okay, so Tulak would like to do a recall knowledge religione. Okay. And uh, as always, if you have a lore you would like to do instead, you're welcome to try and argue for it. Uh, I just have fortune telling lore, which I don't think necessarily would work here. Okay, cool. So you want me to roll a religion, you said? Yes. I rolled it by accident already, but... Okay, no. Secret check. I'm doing it. Oh! Um, you know for a fact this is a haunt. You've read about this sort of thing for sure. Uh, and it looks to be a particularly dangerous one to you. And you know that if you give your best effort, you actually think you might know how to exercise these spirits with a religion check. If you use a religion the knowledge you have of religion, you might be able to exercise them and end this danger right away. Okay. 
So that, that recall knowledge is your first action. Next action, you can you can try a religion check if you like. I you're, would, you're pretty damn confident. I would like to do that. Or, sorry, uh, you rolled a natural 20, so I'm also going to give you this. You think maybe you could also intimidate them into stopping what's happening. These spirits. Mm. That works a lot more for me. Mm. So you feel like exercise these these spirits or really like show them that you're not to be messed with and it might work. Show them not to be messed with. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. Tulok just walks in this all happens. He tries to figure out in his mind what's going on. He's heard about things like this and he spreads his hands wide and purple sparks start to come out of his hands and he looks towards these ghosts and says, Spirits, you should depart this place now or we shall send you not to your grave, not to an afterlife, but more a worse situation than this, we will send you to eternal damnation and this will look like a playground to you. Your soul will never repent and you will spend all time in pain and agony. What'd you roll? There's a 19. And they stop floating in place looking around for a second as this vortex slowly winds down and all of their faces turn towards you Sage Tulak and they sink back into the rubble and disappear I like that (laughs) holy shit (laughs) <laughs> for the record, I think I rolled that for you, and it would have been much higher had I clicked religion, because I clicked performance just to see whether or not I could roll it for you, and it happened. Yeah, and also, <laughs> it was supposed to be intimidation. Actually, my religion is one lower than that. It should have been intimidation, which would have been uh, three more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. But yeah, I guess keep it in the back of your heads. If it's a recall knowledge or a perception check pretty much secret. Otherwise, roll it open or ask. Um, okay. Just moving forward. And uh, yeah, you um, you've cleared the room. Okay, that was... Of apparently all danger. Physic, how are you feeling? <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're still a little bit confused? A <laughs> little foggy. Yeah. Let <laughs> uh, uh, me a flat check real quick. Uh, flat D20. Flat D20, okay. An eight. <laughs> Still confused. Not even sure who Samal and Tulak are. <laughs> Where the hell are you? Where the hell am I? Probably not even that <laughs> lucid, huh? Just like, what the fuck is no. going on? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> roll. Go ahead and roll me another one. Jesus. <laughs> you rolled like ten in a row. Uh, let's go to my second one, which was a five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we're just going to hand away this. The hunt's done. But, like, you you spend a little time just, like, super flabbergasted and confused what's going on. But your frightened condition, like, falls off after uh, a couple of rounds worth, and you no longer are confused. 
And you're not even really sure what happened in this room at the end of the day. And he may never will, and he may never want to. <laughs> um, Tulak would like to search the area and sure. just see if there's anything in here or reasons why they were there. Yeah, I mean, you, you start looking around, and, and it seems really... There's nothing really uh, to discern from the tapestries. They're covered in mold and like can barely be seen uh, in any detail uh, and anything in this room, really. Um, but where those spirits come from, you, you get the feeling that maybe something is under this rubble. Uh, and you take a look around, and you can clearly see some, some dead uh, bodies. Skeleton, maybe a little bit of flesh left over. Um, but something has been rotting for a while, and it becomes pretty clear after a little bit that that a, a number of creatures died in this room at the same time. And searching through the rubble, you you spend more and more time, uh, and it takes about thirty minutes worth of of investigating to uncover a total of what appear to be six cobalt skeletons. Um, but amongst their bodies, you do find some interesting loot, if you will. All right, so looking through the loot, Tulak finds a caltrop snare, an unusual object, an unusual liquid, three gold pieces, and 20 silver pieces. Well, you're unburying dead kobolds, Samal attempts to repair his shield again and rolls a 20. So his shield is now back to operation. All right. Nice. Nice. We need that. Yep. The unusual object you find is, in fact, a, uh, a tooth, a, a canine uh, tooth of sorts. But it's bound in a strip of leather and tied to a buckle which makes it stand out. And the unusual or the yeah, the unusual liquid is a green color. And there is a note written on the side of it that says yum why you am. So the unusual object, the canine will take a magic uh, a recall knowledge check. Um, sorry, uh Based on magic, the liquid itself could also take that, but it could also take a crafting check if you like. I hand the um, the liquid to Physic and say, "Physic, okay. uh, perhaps you will have an idea what this is." And Physic would take it, uncork it, and smell it, and do that crafting check. Uh, yeah, you uh, you know it is you know exactly what it is. Uh, critical success, in fact, it is a vial of black adder venom. That yum on the side is very much misleading. <laughs> well, this is a poison, an alchemical poison. He will tuck that straight in the bandolier for future life-threatening situations. <laughs> okay. All right. So the unusual object, what type of magic recall knowledge would you like? Any you like. Arcana? Any you like. Which one are you going for? Oh, sorry. That is occult, and I rolled that secret for you. Okay. And um, 
yeah, you know this to be, I mean, it's it's a pretty aptly named thing. It's called a wolf fang. It is a common consumable magic talisman. You uh, basically, as a free action, use what's called envision. And the trigger is when you successfully trip a foe. Uh, so the requirement on it is that you are trained in athletics to be able to use, but this, this wolf canine um, basically allows you to deal bludgeoning damage equal to your strength modifier to the target of your trip. Um, and if you trip, if your trip would already deal physical damage, that doesn't include the modifier. You just add your strength damage to the modifier. Uh, so um, it is a, it's an interesting little thing you can attach to um, a belt buckle or a piece of armor, something like that. Talismans are a very um, have a very uh, deep sort of system in Pathfinder Second Edition. You can attach it, and they're consumable. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head uh, how long they last for exactly, but um, but yeah, it's the sort of thing that uh, can can be useful to anybody, depending on what talisman is is uh, made. Great. Attached. So, um, Tulak will take this talisman and he turns to Samal as he's finishing up with his shield and says Samal I think that this will come in handy for you if you ever try to trip an opponent it will help you out in injuring them on the way down he uh, stows his little tiny hammer and his little tiny anvil and he just nods at Tulak I appreciate it and then I guess he he, uh, hangs the talisman on his shield Nice. Equal split of gold and silver pieces. So yeah, you've got uh, one gold each and then 20 silver pieces to split up, plus the Caltrop snare. Alright, I don't need the Caltrop, so whoever wants that. I don't think I can use the snare, so that's... I'm out. I mean, the last snare went to Physic, so... Yeah, and he left it behind at the door, and it's probably just sitting there, yeah. like, hit some random rat that ran through or something. So he'll take this one. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right, so everyone everyone get themselves uh, one gold, and how do you want to split the 20 silver? I take six silver and hand them both seven. Okay. Physic will make it seem like he wanted to give it back, but... He he knows he he needs that silver, so he's actually just gonna <laughs> kind of like halfway past it and then put it in his satchel. All right, All right you've um, seven silver. Physic, how are you feeling? I've been better. Um, if we're, if we can take a few minutes here, maybe we can all heal up. Well, it's been 30 minutes for uh, Tulak to uncover all those bodies, so you you have plenty of time to treat wounds. Has it been 30 minutes? Because I did it in the other room. But Yeah, I mean, it if was we... a 30 minute to, to dig through the rubble, yeah. Okay. So if we can just spend the rest of the time from getting to that other room to here, wait out the hour. Mm-hmm. Sure. So he will treat wounds on himself. Oh, 420. Yay. How are you looking there, Samal? I'm okay. We don't have any consumable healing left, but I'm I'm at eighteen to twenty and my shield's back, so well, it's not, I got no complaints. If we wanna take the extra ten minutes, it probably couldn't hurt walking into these encounters not busted up at all. Up to you, man. Okay. Well I got ten HP back myself, brings me back to my max. 
And then, yeah, we can take the extra 20 and get Samal up to where he needs to be. I, I say that now. I haven't right yet rolled. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Why did I say that? Oh, God. Maybe he can do it. Oh! <laughs> Samal is impossible. It's a two on the die. For a Dude, that is nuts. <laughs> it would be funny if it didn't keep trying to get him killed. Oh, man. Listeners, James has hung okay. his head, abandoning all hope. Um, that's so close to a critical fail, dude. Like... Yeah, it's a natural two for him. Uh, he only crit fails on a on a on a natural one, thankfully. <laughs> thankfully, yeah. That's two natural twos in the last three medicine checks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Samal just is starting to think you don't understand human physiology, which is understandable <laughs> because you are a goblin, um, but you clearly don't get how humans work. <laughs> He's just, he's not going to because he's just piecing things together as he goes. <laughs> I guess not, that must not be educated. It. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's a reason they called early day surgeons cutters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Samal's just going to kick this door open. Okay, kicks the door open back to the old, <laughs> back to the old hallway. <laughs> then he'll look to the other two for where they want to go next. There's the boathouse. And then there are the three sets of doors on the north wall. Uh, Samal, as you step out and look around to, like, you know, kind of make sure everything's okay, and you um, you uh, probably peer towards the, the lighthouse base itself, uh, and then you go to look at your comrades for what direction they want to go in, you spot a little something in the corner over here by the wall. Something that seems a bit askew in the wall itself very specifically draws your attention. Like a, a section of the stone doesn't quite match up with the grid shape it should. You will go and cautiously investigate. And taking a look at that piece of stone, you put your hand on it, and you realize that with a little bit of effort, it slides a little bit from side to side. He, he slides it from side to side. <laughs> <laughs> and you slide it a little to the left, a little to the right, a little to the left. You realize the left doesn't quite doesn't quite uh, have a lot of room, but when you push it a with a little extra effort to the right, and the door slides to the side, all the way into the wall, and this little room, this alcove, barely larger than five feet square, reveals itself to you. And you see there's nothing really inside except for several grooves in the stone which appear to be caused by what looks like determined and deliberate scraping. Anyone can roll me an arcana or an occultism. Here comes occultism. That is a 24 for Samal with a 19 on the die. 
Yeah, DC 18. Um, you know pretty much immediately that the purpose of this room was once used for a teleportation circle. However, centuries ago, it appears, fortune hunters stripped it of the much-needed silver that is used to carve the appropriate runes for this room. The damage is definitely done, and this will no longer function as a teleportation circle cannot be recovered or reactivated. Give that a little extra tidbit because you rolled so high. Um, a strange little curious room to have on the side, for sure. Gentlemen, I think this used to be a teleportation circle. I don't think it could be activated anymore, but keep your eyes peeled for more closets like this. Perhaps we can find one that we can activate and see where it goes. Ah, that could come in handy, I suppose. Depending on where it leads, I guess. As long as it doesn't teleport something in, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> this does appear to be quite the curious building. Between those cobalts crushed to death in the last room and a teleportation circle so close to Atari. Magic here definitely belies its original purpose, Tulak, but hopefully you can help us decipher what it used to be. I'll do my best, Samal, but at this point it's just confounding me. Well, forward then. Which door is next? So right immediately uh, north of you, uh, as you as you said earlier, James, there's three northern doors. The one closest right now is the one that leads directly into the lighthouse. There's a single standing door on its own, a little more central, but to the east of you. And then again, the double doors that are covered in rubble, but there's a hole up, up, over top of them. You just got to climb up. Climb up and look or, or climb in. I suppose we should continue the way we have been. Clear the whole floor before we go up. Also, those buildings that we saw outside, we should definitely check those first, too. Uh, so which door do you want to hit first, guys? The standalone or the double door with the mid flip? I think the standalone. Yeah, standalone. Alright, Samal will make his way over to the standalone door in the center. Uh, and take a look at its structural integrity now that he's got a shield back up. Uh, if it looks like it's going to be soft, he's just going to push it open with his shield like the last one. Yeah, it looks looks pretty uh, pretty uh, not not great. He uh, draws his axe in uh, in anticipation. He's he, he's kind of got the feeling that there's going to be a lot more danger in here than he initially thought. So he makes kind of a show of drawing the axe and then swings it behind him to kind of point at Tulak and then over his shoulder at Physic to gesture for them to be ready as well. <laughs> He's leading the charge. I love it. Uh, all right. Are you going to kick it down or I would like gently to open it? the opportunity for Tulak and Sage to say if they're going to do anything before I do anything. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I am good to go. I got my mage armor going. I got my knife in my hand. I am ready to rock. Let's get it. Physics good. Good as it'll ever be. Pushes that door open. <laughs> and it, it crumbles, comes away. As you would expect with most of these doors. Real quick complaint about this. 
So yeah. you're telling me that this place is full of mitflits that have been apparently moving around in here, and yet every single door crumbles when we touch it. Uh, yes, because uh, their main entrance was uh, was cl- uh, main uh, mode of travel uh, from the entrance was actually that vine across the pond to start. So they didn't really ever use the bridge. Uh, they probably scrambled and climbed in via a lot of the arrow slits used that uh, vine to come across. You'll notice that on the stone bridge, the doors didn't crumble. They were sturdy enough to stay open, so they could use those back and forth. Plus, they had all these open walls and stuff to uh, circumvent everywhere. All right. I guess that's an answer. (laughs) You are correct. So (laughs) midflits are liquid, and they just go through the little cracks and stuff. We don't (laughs) Yeah. Trust me, I thought about all this. It's like, which ones do I make crumble and which ones don't? Um... So I've been trying to keep it realistic at, at some point. Um, but you step into this room, and you can see that the ceiling has collapsed, uh, mostly in the southwest corner. And the walls bear several shelves, and uh, there are books and papers everywhere. But they are, you know, they've been rotted long, long ago um, to the point of ruin. And there is also a desk and chair, uh, sort of in an alcove to the northeast. Okay, um, I would like to search this room. Anything on the bookshelves? Uh, you don't see anything on the bookshelves. Any other part you want to search? Uh, secret doors or just looking at the walls to see if anything is out of the ordinary. Maybe scanning the uh, rubble pile. Sure. Uh, you don't see anything along the uh, western uh, walls and whatnot along the rubble. Uh, Samal will take a look at the desk in the corner. Sure. Yeah, you uh, you search the desk and you pretty much almost immediately find a hidden drawer that's been um, exposed from the rotting of the desk. Ooh. And inside are three vials of liquid. One of them is purple, one of them is red, and one of them is a purpley blue. He uh, steps back and motions to the chest to Physic and uh, Tulak, or the drawer to Physic and Tulak. I detect magic on the bottles. Yeah, um, there's definitely some magic emanating in the area. Your show, Physic. Uh, Physic. Yeah, um, I guess Physic will do his thing and try to uh, take a little, little uncork, a little sniff, and a little identify of these bottles using some crafting checks. Heck yes. Which one do you want to do first? The purple, the red, or the purpley blue? Ooh, let's go let's red. Lilac. Yeah, let's, let's start with <laughs> red. We'll start with the primary color. Uh, we're going red? Okay. Uh, I would like to aid. Sure. Uh, physic roll to 13. I do not aid. D- um, yeah, you're not sure unless uh, unless you want to try an aid there, Tulak. I don't know if you can you aid untrained. Are you trained in crafting? No, definitely not. No, you're, uh, you can't quite identify the red one. Okay. So stick that in the back pocket. Um, not literally. We'll work out the mechanics okay. of that in a minute. Uh, I'll throw it in your inventory. Next, let's go to Lilac. Okay. 
Another 13. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, going well. I'm going to toss another 8 out there, maybe? Uh, <laughs> See what happens? Yeah, I will. I did not aid. Sheesh. Okay. <laughs> not having any luck. Is 8 these. a 20? It's 15. 15, okay. That doesn't make this whole situation any better at all. Um, okay, I guess we're on to purple. With a 15. 15 is exactly what you need to eight, so <laughs> 17. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, actually, an 8 only gives you a plus 1 unless you critically succeed. 16. And you have found yourself a comprehension elixir. This bitter draft opens your mind to the potential of the written word. For the listed duration after drinking this elixir, you can understand any words you read so long as they are written in a common language. This elixir doesn't automatically allow you to understand codes or extremely esoteric passages. You will need an attempt to a skill check at uh, decipher writing, um, and the duration is one minute. Okay, uh, so okay. can I can I do something here that I normally wouldn't? Uh, I don't think I'd normally be able to do. What's that? Since I ate it, I know I can't technically roll on this, but I just realized that I have a specific feat called Crafter's Appraisal. Uh, so I can discern magical oh, effects okay. as well by using a crafting skill instead of identify magic. Okay, interesting. I've also just realized that maybe this isn't... At least that one's not magical, I don't think. Yeah, that's just an alchemical item. It's yeah, it's got the alchemical trait, but not the magic trait. Yeah. But I'm I'm just gonna try and check the other ones as well. So if any of the other ones are, are magical, I can use crafting to identify them. Um and they are in the same boat, it appears. Okay. Alchemical. Um They both have the alchemical trait, yes, and neither of them have the magic trait. So I was just looking at other traits to see if they imply any magic, and it doesn't appear that way. Okay. All good. Uh, so I, I was mistaken. Uh, none, none of these are magical. They're all alchemical. Okay. So take your detect magic back, Scott. Not interested. Okay. Well, that makes my embarrassing rolls that much worse. Awesome. <laughs> well, you've had loads of those already, so you must be used to it by now. Yeah, it never stops hurting. <laughs> all right, I just threw that comprehension elixir into your inventory as well. So you have, you have two other... Um, unidentified ones there, but uh, maybe down the line. Right. Same, same with the back door. Gestures to the gents, looks at its integrity, and if it is uh, structurally unsound, he will tap it again with the shield. Yeah, looks like it's uh, not looking pretty great. And it comes away. He steps in. And you step into a room that is in triangular in shape, and uh Seems like it maybe was at one time quite comfortable, but years of rain and exposure to the elements through the two arrow slits in this room uh, basically have, you know, everything's just become quite ruined. Um, uh, there's a, a divan, armoire, and tapestries along the walls that have all fallen to decay. A, a pretty large one that's kind of uh, in the corner tapestry-wise, um, but you can't really see... Um, much of anything okay. on uh, sorry on the tapestry itself. He can't make any details. He will step out of the room for two lock in physic to uh, search it and kind of go guard the door of the ante room here. Sure. 
Um, any particular place you want to search there, Tulak? Uh, just visit? the furniture to begin with, I guess. Sure. Yeah, you uh, actually, when you look under that divan, you actually find right away a ring of six iron keys that have succumbed Ooh. to rust, as well as two bronze keys that appear to be usable. All right. Um, I found some keys here. I hope they come in handy. Could save us a little bit of time in the future. And to the southeast here, sorry, yeah, the southeast here, is this like a bookcase? I, I missed that. Oh, it's an armoire. An armoire. Uh, but it's, it's, yeah, it's opened up and, and already like kind of destroyed and there's nothing inside. Maybe a couple pieces of, of um, decaying moldy cloth, that sort of thing. Don't okay. forget to check that tapestry in the corner there that Freeman pointed out. Metagaming-wise, the fact that he pinged it tells me that it's probably important. Yeah. And it might be. <laughs> Tulak will take a peek at the tapestry and also behind the tapestry. And it looks like it, it... Oddly enough, you feel like you can tell that it once was really, really detailed and, and, and probably quite lovely. Um, but it seems strange that it would be in the corner of this triangular room. Like, there's not a real good viewing spot for it here. Uh, especially where the divan's sitting. And so as you kind of scan the area and look at the walls, sure enough, you find a secret door. <laughs> right where the tapestry appears to have once hung. And it opens to a very, very tiny room. But on this side uh, of the wall, it's quite obvious that there's a secret door, that, a second secret door that leads to a room yonder to the east which would be north of those those double doors with the rubble right in fact the second door here looks like it's ever so slightly ajar already just the tiniest bit small come take a look at this I found another secret door perhaps you should lead I recall the mitflit we saw the other day try to escape in this general direction so there must be something behind here and he steps back Samal will step up and if he gets a glance at the tapestry I'd love to roll a mercantile lore on it or a crafting lore to see if it's like of any value or any history that he might be able to pull from it right big uh, tapestry guy himself mm. so you make the call on that there boss I mean I can just tell you right away it is too decayed to be of any value whatsoever. You can't even recognize what, what would have been on it, okay. where it would have come from, what make it was. It is, yeah. He should be able to identify it by the type of fabric, but yeah, okay. Uh, sure. I mean, I don't even know what tapestries are generally made of, so... <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I'm not the game master. Uh, okay. It's so a, he'll kind of... He'll step up and kind of gesture <laughs> physic with his axe to maybe keep an eye outside the further room. Uh, he, mm -hmm. Samal, believes that this is going to be a back entrance to this room here. Uh, and if they mm -hmm. go in and they surprise these these creatures or whatever's in there, they might make a break for it. So he suggests that maybe Physic takes up a watch point here somewhere. 
further in that room or two lock even so they can see outside that door in case uh, anything goes to flee. Yeah, could Physic take the scout action at that entryway down there? Uh, yeah, so you're, you're, sorry, you're going, you're going to loop around to the south for those... Yeah, is that what you're doing? Okay. Yes. Yeah, the place we saw them go in over the rubble. Um, yeah. Split the party. Okay. Not not what I thought was going to happen, but I like it. Okay. That's what I thought you were saying, so I was asking. Yeah. Oh, I was I was saying, like, pick pick a place, like, here. So we can see out the door. Okay. Right. Well, I, I was thinking maybe more like behind the corner. So no, if it's they're cool, man. You do you. You you go ever where wherever you think Physic would go with with some all's direction. Physic's wild boy. He's not telling yeah, you he, what to do. He's just kind of motioning you with his axe. He's trying to stay as quiet as possible. Here. <laughs> yeah, he would probably have maybe misinterpreted the situation and gone all the way to the corner around from where the rebels piled up. So they might not see him right away if they start piling out of there. But I'd like to uh, guess, could I take cover from there and see if they file out? And uh, Samal will quietly as he can, uh, ideally rolling stealth, try and open this door on the other side. Okay, sure. So you're going to open the door, we could say like avoiding notice while opening the door. Um, yeah, it's definitely not sneak, because I do not want to roll stealth for my initiative. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you crack the door, but something appeared to have been jammed into that slight ajar point, and that something is actually a corpse, and it clatters down to the ground, uh, with a bit of a racket, but nothing crazy, and it, the way it falls, it appears as though it had its, like, fingers, possibly, in the wedge, um, but died in that position somehow. Tulak is looking over his shoulder, trying to take a peek at what type of corpse it is. He will just whisper to Tulak, I don't care for this already. <laughs> that sounds nightmarish. It uh, appears to be human. Um, possibly a thief of some kind, because there are several items on that corpse. Ooh. Uh, Samal is going to suggest Tulak go get uh, Physic, because... He can see this wall, so he knows this room is much smaller than he actually thought it was. And then he'll yeah, step to the into south the room. of uh, here, you see another set of double doors yeah. that appear to lead where the blocked ones do as well, like a room in between. So he's gonna. And as you step in, Samal, too, you 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 kind of for the first time take in this room, and it appears to be actually like a large chapel. And it feels colder and damper than elsewhere in the ruins already. And there are condensed beads on the walls that run in rivulets across countless skulls carved into the stone all along the whole stretch. And there are three short flights of steps that lead upward towards the north to a chamber where there is a semicircular dais that supports an altar of white stone. And beyond the altar loom four stained glass windows, each 20 feet tall and depicting four haunted scenes of ghosts rising from overgrown graveyards toward a four-pointed orange star. Orange star? Yes. 
Okay, as Tulak goes to get Physic, he will uh, move further into the room. Uh, ignoring the body for now. Up the steps to try and get like a good, clean view of this room. Okay. Tulak and Physic are going to assume you've entered the room. Yep. Oh, yeah. Tulak just goes and gestures to Physic, and they silently follow. As you step out and probably begin to look at the corpse, and Samal rises up the two sets of steps that are ahead of him towards the dais, and as he hits the top level, he notices movement to his left and to his right as two elven corpses are already standing and turn and look at him. Oh! Piss. <laughs> We're getting sp- spooky, baby. I was waiting for this. And they look at you for a second very blankly before a blue glow starts to form in their eyes and mouth. And we're going to roll for initiative. This is what I get for not starting with a fucking cleric. (laughs) From here on out, every adventure we play, somebody rolls a cleric to start. This is fucking dumb. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's always the case, too. You always need a cleric. I... It's classic. All right. Physic, what have you got? Uh, a 17. And... Samal? Samal, rolling rocks today, got a 4 for a 9. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, Tulak? Uh, 12 on the die for a 15. Okay. And uh, let's get ourselves at the top of the round. It's going to be Physic. Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at unchartednorth.ca, patreon.com slash unchartednorth, and on all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.